Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Pam. Hello, hello. And Elisa. Hi. And I'm Heidi. And today we're talking about um, breaking up that feeding to sleep challenge. So this can be kind of a tricky one. So there's like, we're going to pick it apart and maybe you don't even need to do anything about it. Yeah. Here's the thing is feeding to sleep. And we're going to talk about is absolutely, it can be a sleep association, but for a lot of families, feeding to sleep works. They feed to sleep, baby falls asleep. They either sleep together or they transfer them and everybody sleeps well. So it's, it's not feeding to sleep. Isn't always a negative association. If it's working for a family, then it works for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we didn't want to we, we didn't want to make this podcast so that you feel like you have to work on something that isn't broken in your household. Yeah. We wanted to make this podcast more for those who feeding to sleep just isn't working for you anymore or perhaps, you know, perhaps it's not something that you want to do long term and you just want to have those tools for when you're ready to make that change and you can listen to this podcast now and then save it for later when you're ready and if you're ready now then this is a great podcast for you to listen to because we're going to go through the how to begin the transition from not feeding to sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah one of the analogies I like to give families when they're wondering if they should be changing something is say, for example, um, you're currently having dinner at six, but your, your sister and her family have dinner at five. And so you say to your husband, well, maybe we should have dinner at six. And your husband says, or we should have dinner at five, like my sister. And your husband says, but we work till five. That doesn't work for us. So like, it's not really broken. Why would you change it? So a feeding to sleep is working for you and it doesn't bother you. It's not like, oh my goodness, I have to do this again. I'm the only one who can put them to sleep. If you're not feeling like that, then you don't have to change it. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Um, if you do have a feeding to sleep association, what, what does that even mean? Right? What is that feeding to sleep? What does that look like? Does that mean every single feeding is, um, they're napping. Is it every single nap they need to be fed to sleep? What are we talking about when we're doing that? So it's mostly when your little one really relies on that, on feeding in order to be able to sleep, right? So they really would like to have milk every time they fall asleep. So either you're giving them a bottle or you're breastfeeding them and they're falling asleep um, and you're either holding them for the rest of their nap or you're trying to put them into their crib or their sleep space. So it is pretty common when they're newborn babies. Yes, feeding to sleep is 
an association that we expect for those first at least, you know, one, sometimes even two months. As they get a little bit older, it's something that you can start to work on just breaking up so that they're not always falling asleep while feeding, if that's something that you did want to work on. So is it a problem? Like Pam and Heidi already mentioned, it's not a problem if it's not a problem for you. Um, what are some reasons that families might choose to start working out on that feed to sleep association is, let's talk about that baby sleep cycle for a moment. Mm-hmm. So they, they fall asleep, they go into their deeper sleep, and then towards the end of that sleep cycle, they're coming into a lighter sleep and they're having a partial awakening where they're kind of just, you know, waking up maybe a little bit, they're checking their surroundings. If everything is the same as it was when they went to sleep in the first place, then they're able to take that and kind of just, you know, go back to sleep again. However, if everything is different than what it was like when they fell asleep in the first place, they wake up fully and they need for us to go and recreate that environment in order to get back to sleep. So that could look like a baby who is either, you know, you're, you're, feeding them to sleep and then you try and go put them into their bed and they wake up the instant they're, you know, they feel that they're going into the bed or perhaps they're taking chronically short naps every single day and you just can't quite figure out what is going on and that's because they're having that partial awakening and they're waking up fully and if they were feeding to sleep and now they're in their bed, then they're calling out for you to come and recreate that again to be able to go back to sleep. So babies who it might, it you know, chances are it's not working for them anymore are the ones who are not sleeping very well, right? For naps, bedtime, waking up multiple times a night as well, because for them, all they know is feeding to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're most comfortable with at this moment. So they are going to potentially wake up multiple times a night calling for you to go back in and and offer milk in order for them to get back to sleep. It's not that they can't do it in any other way. It's just that that's what is most comfortable for them right now. That's what they know. So if that is happening in your household, you can absolutely work on it. It is something that you can work on. It's just a matter of changing their idea of what they feel they need to go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. One of the big challenges that I have uh, that when I'm talking with our families or working with our families is the recreating that bedtime over and over and over again. It's like, okay, I've fed them, they've fallen asleep. I tried to move them into their into their crib that's when they wake up and how I'm doing it again. So I pick them up, I'm rocking them, I'm feeding them, trying to put them back down again. And those bedtimes can take hours sometimes um, just to get them to finally stay asleep in their space. For me, when my guys were little, um, I, do, I didn't want to have to do bedtimes every single night by myself. That was, that was, I would like both of us to be involved in this. Thank you very much. And then the more children I had, it was kind of necessity because uh, we kind of shared bedtimes essentially. Um, So for me, not being the only one being able to do bedtimes or even naps, that was a big deal for me. I needed to know that my guys were comfortable with Rich doing it 
Aunt Nancy doing it, Nana doing it, um, whoever was, you know, part of it was able to get them to sleep without needing to be fed to sleep. Yeah. And right now we're kind of, you know, stuck hanging out at home as it is because COVID. Um, but it would be, you know, for a lot of families, they reach out to us because they're like, I can't really go anywhere unless it's out for a walk. Mm -hmm. But I just want to know that I don't have to be the only parent putting my baby to sleep every single day and night, right? Yeah. So even just being able to enjoy a bath while baby is going to sleep is huge for some families, right? So that is another big reason why um, families will choose to work on the Feed to Sleep Association. And we do have a sharing the sleep responsibility podcast. If you need yes. tips for that on, on dividing that responsibility, we do have some tips in uh, an earlier podcast. So be sure to yes, have a listen. Exactly. I'll pop so, it in the description too. So if baby is waking up multiple times a night and you are looking into starting to, you know, wean some of those feeds, all of those feeds, or just some of them down, it's really hard for your little one to understand that they can't have milk during the night if milk is what they need to fall asleep for naps and bedtime, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it makes it a little bit more challenging for them to understand that they can go back to sleep in the night. So that's when just working on that whole feed to sleep association can be really helpful because then they're, they're not feeding to sleep for naps. They're not feeding to sleep for bedtime. So then when the middle of the night rolls around and you're trying to work on night weaning, then they understand a little bit more because they don't need milk to go to sleep. So you can get them to sleep in other ways. If you are thinking about sleep coaching, so sleep coaching is when you teach your little one how to fall asleep on their own, then feeding to sleep is definitely something that you want to um, end when you start your sleep coaching journey because if you're teaching your little one how to fall asleep on their own initially for naps and bedtime, it's going to get very confusing for them if they are feeding to sleep some of those times or even feeding to half asleep and then you're trying to teach them how to fall asleep on their own. So it can actually cause a lot more upset on their part and it can cause them to take much longer to fall to be able to fall asleep if they are feeding to the point where they're super drowsy or mm -hmm. you know getting that kind of milk drunk or whatever and then you're putting them into bed and and wanting them to learn how to fall asleep on their own and using a sleep coaching method it's going to create a lot more upset in the end mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you've got that you know, that part worked out while you're doing sleep coaching so that you really know that they are not taking so long to fall asleep because they're confused and they don't understand what to do, right? Yeah. So when we're talking about those steps on how to actually break the feeding to sleep association, um, if that's going to be your next step, uh, the very first thing that we're going to do is just move that feeding earlier in your bedtime routine. So an easy little switch, if you put your milk 
kind of into that bedtime routine, feed them first, then do their sleep sack, turn off their lights, have that little cuddle or rock um, or rock them to sleep, put them into bed. Um, whatever that routine is, just add your feeding a little bit earlier. Uh, sometimes, depending on how strong that association is, we'll say like feed three quarters of that feeding at the beginning of the routine and then just offer a tiny um, or a small little follow-up feeding. Um, do that for a few days and then work on having that full feeding in that in that first in the beginning of your bedtime routine. Yeah, and then the second step would be to move the milk even earlier into the routine, even earlier than that. So usually we would recommend moving it into a whole other room that is not their sleep space. So if you're teaching them how to fall asleep on their own, we really want that association not to be there, right? Because we want to know that they're going into their bed awake and not drowsy from the feed. So we want to make sure that they're not even associating feeding with sleep. So usually the best way to do that is just to, especially if your little one is really, really relying on that milk to, to fall asleep and you mm -hmm. find that as soon as they get milk, they start to kind of close their eyes and get really drowsy, then moving that milk into another room. So the ideal room would be a room that's well, semi-well lit, but free of some of those major distractions so that you know that um, they're not going to be looking all around them during the feed. So you don't want it to be in a busy, busy room, yeah. but you want it to be in another room that's not their sleep space and a room that's light enough that they can focus on having that feeding and then you can keep them awake while you're at it. And the goal there is to, to get to about 15, 20 minutes before, like between feeding and bedtime, right? That's kind of our goal is that 15 to 20 minutes. So, so having that feeding just before you bring them into their bedroom and do that bedtime routine. And like Elisa said, it doesn't mean, like I didn't want to make, want to make sure that it does, this doesn't mean that we're feeding them in like this crazy busy room just to keep them awake. We just want it to be in another well-lit room, still free from distractions so that they are still getting a good feeding in there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, now here's where the work comes in keep them awake during yes. that feed. <laughs> well, and Dandy Pam that I've moved it, but can't keep them awake. What am I supposed to do now? That, that is definitely something I hear too. <laughs> yeah. And this is the hardest part for a lot of families, because especially if your little one is used to falling asleep while feeding, they are going to almost, like I said, almost immediately, they have that association with that's what they feel they need to be able to go to sleep. So they're offered milk and right away they're like, okay, it's sleep time. So they start to get drowsy. Um, and so this can feel like a lot of work at first to keep them awake. But what you want to do is watch them fairly closely. So you want to be paying attention to that active feeding. So this mm -hmm. is if they're breastfeeding, right? That active feeding versus the suckling that they start to do once they start to fall asleep. If it's bottle feeding, then it's, you know, usually they're a little bit more, um, they're avidly eating at the, at, at the beginning and then they kind of slow down and they might start to suckle as well. And they might, try you know they might start to close their eyes a little bit pools so. in their mouth a little bit and kind of starts to dribble out a little bit more because they're not yeah. actively drinking it down yeah 
Exactly. So what you want to do is you want to be watching them at first because they're probably going to fall asleep fairly easily, even mm -hmm. if you're still, even if you're in a well-lit room. So what you want to do is just focus on paying attention to that. As soon as you start to see those eyes getting heavier, do a little bit of work here and talk to them, stimulate them a little bit, lift up their arm, lift up their leg. If at that point they are good and they're, they go back to feeding, then just leave them for another few seconds and then watch them again, right? Um, once they start to try and fall asleep again, you talk to them again. And usually that's enough to keep them awake for that feed. Like I said, it's going to feel like a lot of work at first, but as they get used to this and they become more accustomed to having the feed and then going to sleep a little bit later, it isn't going to be as much work. They are going to get used to it and they won't be as easily, you know, they won't fall asleep as easily while drinking. Mm -hmm. um, a step further even, if they start to really try and fall asleep while you're even just lifting their legs and you see that those eyes are closing, get them before they wake up, unlatch them, pick them up, kind of talk to them for mm -hmm. a few seconds and then offer them that milk again. Or if you're breastfeeding, offer them the other side. And then once they have finished there and they're really trying to fall asleep, chances are they are done with that feeding and they just don't really need any more milk. So you can, you can feel confident in that they've had that full feed and you can then unlatch them and just, you know, talk to them for a few seconds, bring them into their room, do their pre-sleep routine. The goal is that you don't want them to get too, too drowsy before they have gone into their room for that pre-sleep routine, especially mm -hmm. this is more so if you are working on sleep coaching, because like I said, if they have fallen asleep, even for two seconds before you go and then do their pre-sleep routine and put them into bed, they are going to have a lot yes. more kickback <laughs> for you when you are then using a sleep coaching method to try and get them to sleep. I don't need to go to sleep now. I just had a great deep uh, relaxation uh, period over here. I'm good. Um, so one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest challenges that comes along with breaking the feeding to sleep association is that concern that we're reducing the amount of calories they're getting or um, how long they're feeding for. So our goal, yes, in the very beginning, those feedings, you know, those first couple of months can be 30 to 45 minutes, but from there, we should be seeing some decrease in how long they're actually feeding for. So if you have a six month old who's still feeding for, you know, 25, 30 minutes, try and be really mindful. How much of that is active feeding versus that suckling that Elisa just chatted us through? You're going to be surprised. And, and I think once you kind of take stock of how much they're actively eating, it won't feel as hard when you're going from 20, 30 minute feedings to, you know, seven or eight minute feedings. Typically five, five minutes aside, five, 10 minutes for a bottle, like that's kind of typical for taking in those, those calories. So if you're still at that 30, 40 minute, um, those long feedings, really try and be mindful of that suckling versus the active feeding. Yeah. And if you feel like at the beginning, you're really anxious about this, then just offer them a little top up when they wake yeah. up from their nap, right? If it's making you feel super anxious and then you're going to feel a little bit more confident as you go along and you can eliminate that top up at the end of, you know, once they've woken up from their nap.
Mm-hmm. The, the thing that's we really want to be mindful of and, and, and keep reminding ourselves is it's going to be messy kind of as you first get started and they're still going to be sleepy and you're going to be trying to unlatch them and they're going to be wanting, wanting to relatch. But that's just kind of those first few days as you guys are figuring those steps out, right? That's not going to be your long term where it's going to feel like that. The goal is that, you know, we're going to get feedings. Here's our little bubble of feeding time, five, 10 minutes. Here's our sleep. And now we're going to start um, kind of having a little more breakup in between all of your stuff, right? Sometimes what can happen is when those feeds are very long um, and there's numerous feedings and we're feeding to sleep, uh, there's lots of all, it feels like all we're doing all day long is feeding, sleeping, feeding, sleeping, feeding, sleeping. So this way here, we're getting kind of control of those feedings a little bit more. Um, we have that kind of bubble for them. And then it's not, it, our day's just a little bit, a little bit freer um for for other things instead of just feeding just sleeping just feeding just sleeping yeah and if you weren't so i spoke about sleep coaching and teaching them how to fall asleep on their own and breaking up that feed to sleep but if you weren't ready for that step yet but you still wanted to work on the feed to sleep association what you would do Ooh. then is you would still take those same steps that we mentioned with keeping them awake and you know then bringing it earlier into the routine. And then what you would do once you got into their room after for their pre-sleep routine is you would just rock them to sleep instead, or you would have, you know, your partner or somebody else rock them to sleep so that you can go and enjoy a nice bath or, you know, whatever you want to do During with your time game, afterwards, whatever, 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 <laughs> watch a show <laughs> by yourself. Um, so yeah, those, you take the same steps, but just instead of putting them into their cribs awake, you would be mm -hmm. rocking them to sleep. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you so much for all those tips, Elisa. And uh, thank you for joining us, Heidi. That was, I enjoy having you around and having us being able to all chat together. Um, the Feeding to Sleep Association is a big one though. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you just don't know what to do next, um, if you're just not sure, if you wanna learn more about this whole what, they can fall asleep by themselves, um, reach out restfulparenting.com, set up a free 15 minute consultation. We'd love to chat.